0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Highway Community Podcast for the week of Sunday, October 3rd, 2021. This morning, we're continuing the new teaching series that we began last week entitled Highway Volume 2. Last time, we noted that at the very heart of the vision for the new volume of ministry that we are embarking on as a church is that we are a community that is centered first on Christ. And so our series is exploring what it looks like for us as a church to be formed and shaped by the person of Jesus and the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, at the end of the book of John... John is explicit about the fact that the stories in his gospel only represent a part of what Jesus said and did during his public ministry. John chapter 20, verse 30, says that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, And that by believing, you may have life in his name. And so John pulls back the curtain a bit for us in those verses to reveal that he has purposefully curated the stories in his narrative. He's purposely curated these stories from all of the other things that Jesus said and did, and he's written down these stories for a very distinct purpose. And for John... That purpose is so that his readers can believe. And Matthew's story of Jesus, and Mark's story of Jesus, and Luke's story of Jesus are the same. They are curated from all that Jesus said and did as well. And so the Gospels, both individually and collectively, are not the unabridged story of Jesus— which importantly reminds us that the things that are included in the New Testament stories of Jesus have been included on purpose. The things that the Gospel writers have included are important to the story that they are telling about Jesus. And one of the many things that the Gospels intentionally show us about Jesus is that Jesus observed a regular rhythm of withdrawing to connect with his Father. Jesus observed a regular rhythm of withdrawing to connect with his Father. And with that in mind, listen to this thread from Luke's Gospel. In Luke chapter 5, after Jesus healed a man who was covered with leprosy, verse 15 says, Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One chapter later, in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, we read that, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. In Luke chapter 9, we see Jesus praying again. Luke 9, 18 says, Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? Two chapters later, Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And what followed, of course, was Jesus' teaching of the Lord's Prayer. And then, in Luke chapter 22, after Jesus had entered Jerusalem and shared in his final meal with his disciples, as the hour of his betrayal and arrest and everything else that would follow approached, Luke chapter twenty two verse thirty nine, says that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, "Pray that you will not fall into temptation." And so we definitely see, you know, through the repetition in the narrative that Jesus observed a regular rhythm of prayer. And. That is underscored even further in those verses from Luke 11 and Luke 22. Luke 11.1 1 says that Jesus was praying in a certain place. And Luke 22.39 says that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and on reaching the place, spoke to his disciples. And so Luke reveals for us in those verses That Jesus had regular places for prayer. Prayer was so central for Jesus that he had regular places for it. And for Jesus, that regular practice of prayer connected him to his Father in a vital way. It created space for him to step away from the crowds and the busyness. It created space for him to listen to his father's voice. It created space for him to be reminded of his identity and his mission. It created space for him to process his feelings and his emotions and his fears. It created space for him to process the desires of his heart against the desires of his father's heart. And the very same thing is true for us. A practicing prayer is essential for us to be connected with God and His presence and His activity in us and around us. And it importantly connects us to our identity as God's beloved as well. And that is why, for example, we we build in prayer practices during the Advent season and the Lenten season, and why we offer spaces like Lectio at lunch and day-long and overnight prayer retreats, and why spiritual practices are, are baked into our formation groups and formation workshops, and why sometimes we make space to include a prayer practice as a part of a Sunday morning gathering. It's because practicing prayer deepens our connection to the Father and attunes us to the voice of the Spirit. Prayer deepens our connection to the Father and attunes us to the voice of His Spirit. A part of the missional leadership training cohort that we participated in as a staff over the last two and a half years involved a pretty rigorous commitment to prayer practices. And so at, at each of our five retreats, uh, we would commit to a different practice. And so we had a season, for example, of praying the scriptures, a season of practicing the examine, a season of praying the belovedness prayer. And then we spent six months toward the end of the cohort in the Ignatian Adventure, which is 32 weeks of daily prayer and meditations, which were designed as a journey to discover how faith can thrive in the midst of everyday life. And through all of that, uh, something that I learned, or maybe maybe better, something that I relearned, because I already knew it, is that prayer practices are hard. Prayer practices are hard. So I grew up uh, listening to Steve Martin records. It's one of the strange peculiarities of my childhood development. Uh, And and by the way, this is definitely not something that I would recommend or endorse for others, uh, but for me, it just was. I listened to Steve Martin records growing up. And while I didn't even understand uh, at least half of what he was talking about, thankfully, uh, what I did understand was just so funny to me as a kid. Now, Steve Martin was someone who was ahead of his time as a stand-up comic, well, his albums, uh, they were recorded in a club in San Francisco called The Boarding House. And Steve Martin used to do this little routine about how much it cost to get into the show, which at the time, in the late 1970s, was $4. And he used to make his this joke with his audience that while the price of admission to the show was $4, sometimes, uh, just because he was feeling generous... He would do a show that was worth more than that. Sometimes, for example, he might do a $4.75 show. (laughs) And so sometimes, if you were lucky as an audience member, unbeknownst to you, you'd be getting more entertainment value than you'd paid for. And, you know, that joke has been running through my mind the last couple of weeks, in reverse, actually, as I've been preparing these messages right and you know, last week we talked about the church being centered on Jesus and how that was strangely provocative and now this morning i'm talking about prayer practices being hard right i feel like if it was 1977 and the cost of admission to highway was $4 i'd only be giving you a $3.25 show right it doesn't sound particularly profound but it's the truth right prayer practices are hard. And they're hard for a variety of reasons. But right? it can be hard to establish a rhythm, right? to locate that regular time and place like Jesus had amidst the chaos of life and work and relationships and friends and family. Or to maintain a rhythm or re-establish a rhythm when, for example, our life rhythms change. Like when we make a seasonal transition from spring into the summer, or from summer to the fall. Or when there's a global pandemic that upends everything normal as we know it. Or if we change from one prayer practice to another. But it can be hard to establish or reestablish a rhythm. And then prayer practices can also be hard during those times when we're just not feeling it. At those times, uh, to use Ignatius's term, of desolation, when, for whatever reason, we're feeling far from God or resistant. But here's the thing. While our first instinct from the cultural waters that we swim in is often to be achievement-oriented when it comes to things like prayer practices right, and to consider success to be associated with whether or not we've completed the task and checked the box. The reality is that sometimes God does some of His richest work on our souls when we're struggling. Sometimes God does the richest work on our souls when we're struggling. You know, when we're struggling to find the rhythm or resistant either to a particular practice or or even to prayer in general and and that's because in those moments the prayer practices in in our not doing them they invite us to ask why right? why is it that i'm resistant why is it that i can't find a rhythm why is it that i'm struggling When we open ourselves up to embracing those questions, there can be some deep and profound discoveries about God and ourselves that can be just as important, if not more important, than the practice of prayer itself. And so prayer practices are hard. And that's actually something for us to name and even more significantly to embrace as part of the journey of connecting with our Father in prayer. Practicing prayer is essential for us to be connected with God and His presence and His activity in us and around us. Now, practicing prayer is not just essential for us as individuals. It's also something that's essential for us as a church community as well. It's interesting, three of the five references from Luke that we listened to earlier mentioned that the disciples were with Jesus when he was praying. And that reminds us once again that the journey of loving God with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind and with all of our strength is not something that we do alone. It's something that we do together with others. During the Ignatian adventure, we met weekly as a staff to listen to one another as we each shared about how the exercises were going for us or not going for us, as the case might be, and the things that God was showing us about himself or about ourselves or the ways that he was speaking to us through his scriptures. Experiencing The gift of grace uh, and walking together with others without condemnation through the practices of prayer is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it made the experience even more powerful. Prayer practices thrive in community. As we walk alongside one another and practice prayer together, we become a community that is Connected to the Father. We become attuned to His presence and movement both together, collectively, and through one another. A community centered on Christ is a community connected to the Father. As we seek to live into all of this as a community in a tangible way, as we begin Highway Volume 2. This morning, we're introducing a prayer practice that we can engage in together during this series. And Julie Peterson, our pastor of formation, is gonna tell you all about it. Take it away, Julie.
1: Thank you, John. Highway Family, throughout our Highway Volume Two teaching series, over the course of the next eight weeks, we'll be engaging in a prayer practice together. This practice will revolve around a weekly passage and involve four steps. movements. The first movement is to simply read the passage. Read it slowly and take in the words. The second movement is to personalize the passage. Allow the passage to speak to you personally by inserting your name in it. And as you do this, hear God speaking to you directly. You may want to consider reading the personalized passage out loud. The third movement is to pray from the passage. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you as you pray in response to whatever emerges from your interaction with the passage. Perhaps that's with praise or questions or hope or confession. Whatever emerges. And if a word or image or phrase arises for you, feel free to pray from that as well. Come to God with whatever the Holy Spirit has given you as you reflect on and pray from the passage. Okay, after you have read and personalized and prayed from the passage, and this should be done slowly over the course of, say, five to ten minutes. After this, extend this time of connection with God by bringing the passage with you as you move on through your day. The fourth movement of this prayer practice is to carry the passage. You can bring this passage with you in a number of different ways. You could memorize a portion or all of the passage, or you could continue your prayer of response, or you might feel led to reflect on a phrase or image that God may have given you. For example, follow the Holy Spirit's guidance and hold that phrase or image or words or prayer from the passage in your heart as you move on in your day. Okay, so in recap, our prayer practice involves reading, personalizing, praying from, and carrying the passage. And the ask is that each of us would do this every day, that this would be a daily prayer practice for our Highway community throughout the Volume 2 teaching series. You can get the passage of the week by going to highway.org slash prayer practice. As Jesus reveals, prayer connects us to the Father. And when a community prays together, something unique happens which connects us to one another as well prayer practices thrive in community. Each Sunday during our series, starting today, we will be gathering in community on Zoom at 8 p.m. And we're gonna engage in this prayer practice together. If you'd like to see this practice modeled and participate in it with others, please join us. You can get the Zoom link by going to that same website, highway.org slash prayerpractice and click on that hot link located at the top of the page and register for the Zoom link. We'll send that to you straight away. I really hope that you'll join us. Let's start off this journey with a word of prayer. Almighty and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the tremendous honor it is to be able to connect with you through prayer at all times. Almighty God, your arms are always open wide for us. And your ear is always attuned to us. We thank you, God, for the perfect example found in your son, Jesus, of what it is to connect meaningfully with you through prayer. May we obediently follow his example. And we thank you for the beautiful opportunity that we have to connect with others and you through prayer. God, would you be doing something beautiful and surprising and new within us as we seek to connect with you throughout this series in prayer. We love you, Father God. and pray all of this in your precious son's name. Amen. As we go, I invite you to open your hands as a gesture of receiving this blessing. May the God who is love send you into the world to be a reflection of his divine love. And may the risen Jesus Christ guide your steps with wisdom and fill your words with compassion. And may the Holy Spirit empower you to walk with the one who is making all things new. May his kingdom come, may his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.